the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. Today, you can leave the church and say, well, you know, that, that minister almost convinced me. Would to God that I would not almost, but I do convince you. The Holy Spirit convinces you that you're loved with an everlasting love. That Jesus died, his body was broken, his heart was pierced. Blood and water came forth to cleanse you from all your sins. To put your name in heaven in the book of life. To give you life now and life everlasting. Hallelujah. Do you know him? Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. Almost persuaded. What does it mean to be almost, just almost something or almost anything? It simply means you're not there yet, right? You're just not there yet. Now, I told you some time ago, and you may have forgotten, but you may have remembered, but it's something that I'd like to tell you again. And since I'm up here and you're out there, uh, (laughs) I was at the gym. And this uh, man, uh, big bodybuilding, he he, he was a handsome specimen of a man. What a figure he had. And uh, we were standing there looking at these mirrors. And I walked over to him and I said, sir, how can I get a body like yours? And he was pumping iron. He said, I pump iron. I mean, he, I mean, he, he was pumping like 200 pounds, and I had those little two pounds. <laughs> I went up to two and a half after that. <clears throat> but, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I walked over, and I said, uh, how can I get a body like that and like yours? I mean, muscles. And, I mean, he was just so magnificent. And... Um, so we were standing looking in the mirror, and I was standing right beside him, and he went, he went like that, <clears throat> I went like that, and my, his muscles, boom, mine looked like a pimple. <clears throat> and he looked in the mirror, and he said, almost. Now, see, he was being kind to me, yeah. meaning you're not there yet, you haven't quite accomplished it, but uh, almost. See, when you're almost something, that means you're still deficient and you're still lacking. It's like a man might say, you know, I'm almost married. What does that mean? It means you're still single. Or, you know, uh, I I almost graduated. Well, what does that mean, you almost graduated? That means then you flunked. (laughs) You didn't get a diploma. Or, uh, you know, my team almost won. That means you lost, you know. Almost does not count, does it? It just doesn't count. 
I've, people will say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Uh, and uh, I say, yeah, well, I sometimes uh, uh, going to church, that's, that's great. That's good. Treating your neighbor right, that's wonderful. But just going to church doesn't make a person a Christian. No more than me going into my garage makes me an automobile. I mean, that isn't it. It's a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with the Lord. Jesus didn't almost die for my sins. He didn't almost go to the cross. He did not almost resurrect. He went all the way. And today I'm saved and you're saved because he didn't almost save us. He saved us completely for time and for eternity. Almost persuaded. Let me give you a little bit of background of uh, my thought concerning this sermon. In Acts chapter 26, verse 28, I want you to look up at the screen and read that aloud in unison together. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Now, this is the New King James Version. The background of this is that the Apostle Paul was at Jerusalem, and he went into the temple to pray, and uh, some Jews that had come in from Asia thought the Apostle Paul took in two Gentiles and desecrated the temple. Well, Paul did not do that. He knew the Jewish law, but they started a riot because they didn't like Paul, and they thought this was an opportunity to do away with him, silence him for good. And uh, the riot became so... so riotous and obstreperous that they were literally going to pull Paul apart limb for limb. But for the Roman guards who stepped in and arrested Paul, the arrest actually saved the apostle's life. Well, the Romans didn't know what to do after they arrested him because this was a religious matter. It wasn't a civil matter. And, uh, But here was the complication. Paul was a Roman citizen by birth. He was born in the city of Tarsus. That made him a Roman citizen, just like a baby that is born in the United States automatically is an American citizen. Paul was automatically a Roman citizen by birth. But he was also a Jew and a Pharisee at that at one time. But now he's a Christian. So for two years, they passed Paul back and forth among Phyllis and and Festus and, and others that would hear him his uh, defense, but still they didn't know what to do with him because this was a civil court and this was a religious matter and they, they couldn't reconcile the two. So the last stand was to send him to Rome to Caesar, but before they sent him to Rome to Caesar, King Agrippa would hear his testimony. And Paul goes into the room where the people are gathered and he gives his testimony He tells them of this wonderful experience of receiving Jesus on the Damascus Road. How that he was a Pharisee going out to hunt down Jewish Christians, arrest them, maybe even kill them, and bring them back to Jerusalem. But he said on that occasion, going to Damascus to arrest Christians, he said something tremendous happened. He said there was a light from heaven. I've never seen a light like that before, brighter than the sun. He said, I fell and all the rest of us under the force of a mighty power. We went down into the road. And then I heard a voice speaking. And that voice came from a person. And I asked, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. 
face to face with Jesus. That's what conversion is. That's the only way conversion takes place. When we come face to face with the gospel, with Christ, with the truth of Jesus. Paul gave his testimony. That's when King Agrippa said, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. That meant you're still a heathen, King Agrippa. You didn't accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Either you're saved or you're not saved. Either you're in Christ or you're not in Christ. You're not almost a Christian. If you're almost a Christian, that means you're still in your sins. You're still unsaved. You're still outside the fold. But anyone and everyone has an opportunity. No one is excluded in God's economy. Jesus invites everyone. And if you're here and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, today's the day he loves you wants to come into your heart. But Christians, your greatest gospel defense is your testimony. It's wonderful to memorize Scripture and to quote Scripture, and we need to do that. But it's your testimony. Yours may not be quite like the Apostle Paul's. You may not have seen a light or a voice or whatever. But nonetheless, you have an experience, a one-on-one with Jesus. And that's when your life is wonderfully transformed. Now, I, I, can, I know the time. I know the date. I know the place where I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I knew when my sins were rolled off of me onto him, and I became a new person, born again. I know that. I have it written in my Bible. It was September the 9th, 1951. I, I know that. It's a wonderful experience. Now, on the other hand, my daughter does not remember receiving Jesus as her Savior. She received Jesus as her Savior when she was five years old. So she doesn't remember that. But Corinne and I were there, and we remember it, and we saw it happen. Today, she's a Christian lady serving the Lord. My experience was so real and so wonderful, the time, the date, the place, that uh, and you've heard me tell my story about my grandmother so many times who helped lead me to the Lord, that I was invited back to that same church years later after becoming an ordained minister, and I was preaching in that church. And when I got to the place to talk to the people about my experience in Christ, I walked over and pointed to the altar rail, kneeler, and pointed out right where I knelt down, a young boy about 12 years old, and I I, I just broke. I couldn't finish. I, I just wept. That experience was so real and so transforming and so wonderful. That wasn't an almost. That was the real thing. That was transforming. And when Jesus comes, all things are changed, wonderfully changed. Friend, do you know him as your Savior today? Don't think because I go to church, I'm a member of a church, I've been baptized. That just is almost. That doesn't count. You're not there yet. You need to come to Jesus and say, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And he'll abundantly come in and welcome you into his family. You maybe have remembered the sermon that uh, when Pastor Blair was here some time ago, uh, he said that in the church he pastored in Denver, Colorado, he had Bill Bright to preach one morning. And Bill Bright was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, great institution leading many, many young people to the Lord. Bill Bright is in heaven now. So Bill Bright challenged the people to witness to one person every day for the next 30 days. And he asked the congregation, how long has it been? When was the last time one-on-one you went with somebody and told them about Jesus? And so a lot of them 
acknowledge they want to tell people about Jesus, and they're, they're going to accept that challenge. Pastor Blair said he was one of them. He said he, it would have been some time since he went one-on-one, and not pre, he preached sermons to people, but not one-on-one. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to witness to people one-on-one. Pastor Blair said it was a terrible snowstorm in Denver. The police department, the fire department, everybody, the television, everybody said, stay in your homes. Don't go out on the street. He said there was nobody on the street. He said it was about midnight. He said, I got in bed and I remembered. I didn't testify. I didn't tell anybody today about Jesus. And he said, told his wife what he was going to do. And he said, I've got to get up. I've got to go find somebody and tell them about Jesus. I've got to keep my promise to Bill Bright. And his wife said, oh, it's cold. Nobody's out on the street. It's midnight. He said, I know. I've got, I can't sleep. I've got to keep my promise. He said he got up and he got dressed and he, he went out and he drove around a little while. And he said, there wasn't a soul in all of Denver out on the street. And he said he drove down into this dingy part of town. And he said, of all things, he said there was a coffee shop open. He said it was a dingy dirty coffee shop. (laughs) But he said there was a man in there. And he said, I pulled the car over and I walked in and he said, I I was nervous. And he said, I didn't know really what to do. But he said, I asked the man, give me a cup of tea. And he said, the cup that he brought that tea in, he said, I said, I can hardly drink the tea. He said, that cup needed washed. (laughs) But he said, um, I told the man, I said, sir, I made a promise that I was supposed to witness to somebody about Jesus every day and I haven't witnessed today to anybody about Jesus. And he said, would you be so kind as just to stand there for a moment and let me talk to you about Jesus? There wasn't anyone, anybody in the shop. The man said, go, go for it, sir. Go ahead. And he, he said, the man just sort of leaned on the counter. And he said, Pastor Blair started telling him about Jesus. And he said, that man broke down, prayed the sinner's prayer, gave his heart to Jesus. Pastor Blair said, I was getting ready to leave. And the man said, wait a minute, sir. I just lived down the street. My wife's never going to believe that I got religion tonight. He said, would you come with me to my house? He said, it was past midnight. He said, and you tell my wife, said, she won't believe me, but would you go down? So he said, okay. We said, boy, the wind, the snow. And he said, we walked down and we went in the house. He opened the door and he hollered back in the bedroom. I don't know what her name was, but get up. He said, I've got somebody out here I want you to meet. So she got up, put her bathrobe on, walked out, and she said, well, who's here? And he said, this man told me about Jesus, led me to the Lord, and he said, I want him to tell you what he told me. So Pastor Blair told her. She broke down, she gave her heart to the Lord. So he said, hey, I'm a pastor. I want you to come to my church next Sunday. And the man said, oh, I don't, we're poor people. We don't have clothes to go to a nice church, fashionable church like you, Pastor. We can't do that. And he says, yes, you can. He said, I'm going to get you some clothes. And the, Pastor Blair said he went home. He got one of his suits and one of his wife Betty's dresses. He took it down, gave it to them. He said, Sunday morning, he said, I looked down the main aisle. And he said, there came my suit walking in. <laughs> and he said, Betty's dress was right beside that, my suit. He said, in they came. And he said, they went out and started telling their friends. This man started witnessing in the coffee shop. Next Sunday, here they come in with a bunch of other people. And then those people went out. Friends, you don't have to be saved for 20 years to tell somebody, I'm saved. You don't have to know the Bible. All you have to know is Jesus, that he came into your heart. Just tell what you've experienced, that's all. Who can argue with your experience? Who can say it can't happen? Paul the Apostle didn't make it with King Agrippa, but he told him anyway. 
But people will listen because the world is in trouble today. Marriages are breaking down. People are having problems financially on their job. They're having emotional problems. People need Jesus and they have only the people of Jesus to tell them about Jesus. So tell people, witness to them, tell them what good things have happened to you. Can you say amen? Amen. This is the testimony that God will give through you to the salvation of souls. We're pierced with the word of God. I'm convicted. I become convinced I'm a sinner. The next thing I need to do is confess my sins. I get my sins out of my heart through my mouth. I believe in my heart. I begin to confess, Lord, I've lo- I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm wandering around. I'm, I'm like a stranger in my own home in this world. However you're feeling, you tell it to Jesus in confession and in repentance. And then you become attached to the Lord. So wonderfully attached. You see, he was attached to the cross for you and me. When the people on the, cro- uh, on the ground below him, around the cross, said, if you're the Christ, come down from the cross, he was attached. He wasn't going anywhere. He was looking only in one direction. And that was the direction of your soul and mine and our salvation and our eternity. He didn't come down. Today I come to him. I invite you to come to him and attach or reattach ourselves even as we come to this holy altar to experience his power and his blessing. Now, the attachment to the Lord is an intellectual. First, it's intellectual. I know what I'm doing. Nobody's pulling anything on me. I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that in my own reasoning, in my own intellect. I'm not being persuaded uh, and my will being overpowered by a preacher or somebody else. I think, I count the cost. I'm a sinner. The word has pierced my heart. I'm convinced. My mind is in this thing. I'm fully knowledgeable of what I'm doing. I'm going to give my heart to the Lord, and I'm going to be attached to him intellectually. Then I'm attached to him volitionally, meaning my will. I choose Jesus. Jesus doesn't just spring himself upon me. I don't become a Christian through osmosis. All of a sudden, I've heard the gospel so many years, and I think, hey, you know, I must be certainly a Christian now after hearing the word so often. No, you're not a Christian until you decide to become a Christian. Did you hear what I said? You're not a Christian until you intellectually say, I'm a sinner, until you by your will say, I want Jesus. I'm going to give my heart to him. Now, I've vacillated about many things in my life. But when I came to the Lord, I didn't vacillate anymore. I knew I needed him. I knew I was lost without him. I knew I I needed Jesus. And I made up my mind and I decided to give my heart to him. Thirdly, it's an inclusive attachment to Jesus. Now, I want you to look at the screen for just a moment. It's not Jesus plus something else. It's not Jesus, comma, with something else coming after. It's not Jesus with a dash, something else being added. It's not Jesus and something else. It's Jesus, period. You give your heart to the Lord. You stop sinning. You leave your old habits. And sometimes you must leave your old friends. But you witness to them first. (laughs) But it's Jesus all the way. That's when the joy comes. That's when the salvation comes. That's when you experience the born-again experience. I think of King Agrippa. You almost persuaded me to become a Christian. You almost convinced me I needed to have my sins forgiven. You almost convinced me to have a clean conscience and a clean heart. You almost convinced me 
that I can start my life again. You almost convinced me. You almost convinced me that I can have joy and peace in serving the Lord. You almost convinced me that I can have rest in my inner being for my soul. You almost convinced me that I can have an abundant life now and when I die, go to heaven to the mansions of glory. You almost, but I I didn't accept the forgiveness. I, I didn't accept the mansions of glory. I'm not going to accept the joy of the Lord. I'm going to stay miserable. I'm going to stay a sinner. I'm going to keep trying to make everything work out all right. Friends, how many years have you been trying to make everything work out all right and it still hasn't worked out all right yet? Today, you can leave the church and say, well, you know, that that minister almost convinced me. (laughs) Would to God that I would not almost, but I do convince you The Holy Spirit convinces you that you're loved with an everlasting love, that Jesus died, his body was broken, his heart was pierced, blood and water came forth to cleanse you from all your sins, to put your name in heaven in the book of life, to give you life now and life everlasting. Hallelujah. Do you know him? We're going to bow before him, asking him to come into our hearts now. And if we... I want you to think, as we bow, Christian... Are you intellectually convinced? Volitionally, you've given your will. Inclusively, you don't have Jesus and still an old lifestyle tacked on. You're irrevocably attached to the Lord Jesus. Let us examine our hearts. It's in that kind of an attachment that we know joy and peace. Let us bow our heads in prayer. We thank you, Father, for your holy word that has pierced our hearts today with the truth of, the, of God's love. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for being so mindful of us and caring for us. Thank you for the word that enlightens us and brings to us the Lord's great salvation. We thank you. Now with your heads bowed in a moment of prayer, where you are now, where you are now, Christian, I'm talking to you. Are you... In your mind, you've counted the cost. You're you're connected. Your mind's connected. Rationally, you're connected to the Lord. He's in your mind. Volitionally, you've made up your mind and you have exercised your power of will, your power of choice. Inclusively, you're not tacking Jesus on and trying to live an old lifestyle and making Jesus part of that. No, that's not going to work. Irrevocably attached. Are you? Christian, talk to Jesus now. Examine your heart. And dear friend, if you do not know him as your Savior, you haven't given your heart to the Lord, even though you may have been raised in a Christian church, even now come to Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone can save you and will save you. All you need to do is just say, come into my heart, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. You say the words the way you want to say them. Something like that. He'll hear your prayer. He'll transform your life. You'll leave not almost converted, but fully converted to Jesus. A new creature in Him. We hope 
hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris. Thanks, Eric. Tomorrow's message is entitled, The Wonder of It All. Friend, be there. Hear this message. Be blessed beyond, beyond all blessings. When you hear the word of Jesus, your life will be blessed, provided you give your life to the Lord. And I believe you want to. I believe you'll see the reason why you should. And I do believe in my heart that you will. God's blessings be upon you. See you tomorrow evening. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.